Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The, the Reality Is. No, I, I'm glad to. It's for minorities, but white people don't be scared. Asians, Hispanics, you want to come on the show, hit us up. I'll talk to anybody about everything. Just be- like, these niggas is out here fucking these girls and putting it on porn, though. At 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday with a hard on, she gets up and she turns oh on the church and turns the thing on. I was thinking, I'm get some head or something to start today. Oh, oh, niggas are straight out here raw dicking and choking motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> if God has his hand on you, why you sitting it? That was pretty good, man. It just kind of came you out. You can't be squeamish when giving head. I mean, you got a dick in your mouth. Like, how much more gutter can you be? My niggas try it, like, like, pussy in the big deal, niggas. Just yeah. period, point blank, just what it is. The reality is. Have you ever cheated on somebody? No. I have. We know. Oh, I never wanted to cheat on anybody. Shit happens, right? I never did. So, if we have a little bit more, you know, the people who have a little bit more can put give a little bit of time to people who have a little bit less. Yeah. We get equalized the situation, and one day, you know, regardless of what the government does, we will have systems in place to take care of ourselves. You are now This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct. Today's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, your voice, your independence, your platform. So join us as we work to build a listener and podcaster-centric podcast ecosystem by going to www.blogtalkradio.com. Also, this episode is brought to you by Take Action Apparel and Gear, the brainchild of actor Gabriel Silva, to stand up against bullying through fashion and accessories that let you be you. Visit www.takeactiongear.com and purchase something to support the cause. What are you what, what you smiling for? I'm watching you do your intro and you making faces. I'm animated. I know. The one thing funny. the one thing that I think people have to understand if you're going to do podcasting is you have to be animated. Of course. You have Everybody to have something listen to a monotone voice the whole time. Well, sometimes sometimes monotone is great though. Yeah. Depending on the content. Depends. Shout out to King Naj. My homie got the most monotone voice. He ever. does, but his accent His accent dope. is dope. Yeah. His accent is Wait a minute now. I like your panties got wet. <laughs> Naj, tone that shit down, brother. It. Nah, I'm, I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the homie Naj, man. Mind Over Matter podcast out of D.C., man. We'll see you this weekend. I'm excited. I, I was going to save it to the end, but I think we just might as well dive right into it. Yeah, so we got to the end? because I had a lot of other stuff I was going to actually talk about, but we got the New York trip coming up. We both are going um, to New York this weekend. It is another business trip. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be hanging out with Mind Over Matter podcast, King Naj out at um, what's the Loud name of at Loudspeakers Network in New York. So we'll be hanging out out there. Um, we'll also be hanging out with Jason and Richard Gray of, of Republican Company doing a TV pilot pitch. So mm-hmm. we that, also get to see um, Stephen and oh yeah, we do get Jason. to see Stephen uh, Stephen Cofield. Like I always say, the actor out of New York, Stephen Cofield, the photographer Jason Alexander, um, uh, Braid Gotti. 
That's going to be his name because he still got braids like uh, Kawhi Leonard in 2017. <laughs> so we're going to, Jason, if you listen, man, you, your new name is Braid Gotti. So we're going to go with that. But we hang on with good people, man. And I think for me, that's one of the most important reasons why I'm going, uh, scraping up all my little coins and trying to postpone bills uh, so I can make it uh, to this trip and make sure I'm going. So not really. I'm not postponing <laughs> bills. All my bills are paid. <laughs> I was about to say. I uh, am scraping. I, I have to be I, rethinking this? I, I am scraping up money uh, to go, though, because it's a lot of trips that have been happening back to back if you listen to the podcast um i am not rich uh but you know when you try to build something mm-hmm. you got to take those risks and you got to take those chances and i look forward to doing it uh, we both also we're going to be hanging out with the homie pluto cash he has the yeah. podcast in new york mind of uh the mind of pluto cash podcast mm-hmm. so check that out on soundcloud so we hanging out with some good people all weekend man i look forward to it you wanted to do some stuff this weekend but i was like you know what i kind of want to chill money's going to be uh being spent out there good times are going to be spent out there so i'm mm-hmm. just trying to save all of this shit up uh for the new york trip but i'm excited because it's it's i've always said this and i've said this before you can jump in at any time but the thing about it is hanging out with good people that have a passion for what they do mm-hmm. and have a respect for what you do oh yeah it makes it that much easier to want to hang out with these people Mm so i I look forward to it man i look forward to to hanging with king naj and everybody else i also wanted to give you guys a thanksgiving recap i hope everybody had an amazing thanksgiving where do we start where do we start (laughs) uh since we always being honest we can start with if you have family the reality is on holidays if nothing else Put that shit behind you. Oh, yeah. Bury the hatchet. always reach out. It's, it's too many family members and too many families out here that are not talking. Mm-hmm. Now, I've said this several times with me and my brother. You know, me and him don't have to talk. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be honest with you. Him not reaching out to my mom. Like, you should always reach out to your parents, man. Yeah. No matter what the fuck is happening. Mm-hmm. You got to reach out to your and parents. And I think it's just like a sign of respect. It's like yeah. that's the least you that's can the do. Least you can they, fucking do. Regardless of what you're into it or if, he don't if like you're me, in your feelings yeah. about something, like fine. your parents, your you know the person who fucking birthed you, fed you, something cleaned clear. your shit. Exactly. Uh, not to be funny, a lot of people don't know about my brother, but he almost died at birth. My mama gave everything she fucking had to make sure he got the surgeries that he needed mm. to still be that's here. Tough. How fucking dare you not call on Thanksgiving? Yeah. You piece of shit, you. And you have to think you about the, the toll that it takes on them. On her. Yeah. And then it puts it back on me, but I can't. And then be with here. her being older, yeah. Like you just the like you never know what's gonna happen. The reality is, is shitty of a person as you are and I know somebody listening is going to tell him and he's probably listening to this and that's fine you don't drop the ball on your mom Mm-mm. you don't yeah now drop it on anybody drop else. it on anybody else but you'll drop <laughs> it on the motherfucker who done took care of you and looked yeah, out for you even if you shit. don't like me that's cool but don't put her in the same fucking boat that you put me in mm-hmm. I'm no okay reason. I'm okay with not talking to my brother for no reason I don't talk to a lot of motherfuckers that I'm cool with that like the, my quote of the day to start the podcast off shout out to what's the name of this album with Fabulous and uh, Jada Kiss oh my god it, isn't it Freddie Freddie and Jason or something Freddy like that shit but he had one of the best lines he said niggas was never with me but they were just around me mm-hmm. it's so many niggas like that but like I said when I heard me, that song I thought about you man <laughs> look at her mama I love you uh, I, like I'm I told sorry. her I said Freddie versus Jason but it's actually Friday on Elm Street Friday on Elm Street but it's it's yeah, <laughs> yeah and they, they, but it's references I think throughout the album mm-hmm. where they're saying Freddie versus, versus Jason yeah. so the reality is is like I said if somebody's been good to you and looking out for you be nice mm-hmm. be kind reach out to your parents man 
Now, I, now I'm going to say this. There's two sides. And you, I, I feel like some people need explanations. I know for me, like me and my father, we're not close. Mm-hmm. You know, every blue moon, he reaches out. If they've never been there for you consistently. But if you can look back across your life and seriously say that this is somebody that you wouldn't be where you are who you are or you wouldn't have the things that you have with Without if this it were person. not for this person yeah. then you need to put that shit aside but I think a lot of times too it's hard for people to look at themselves even me being included I think we've all been this way where we look in the mirror sometimes and a lot of times when we look in the mirror we're supposed to see what is wrong with us mm-hmm. but sometimes we look in the mirror and we still blame other people for a lack thereof or things that we don't have I, mm-hmm. not to be funny I've been guilty of doing that mm-hmm. but it takes a special man it takes a special woman it takes yeah. a special person to look in the mirror and say you know what I actually fucked up I think that happens in phases it's like you go through a period and you're like you feel in a certain way but depending on who you are the character yeah. that you have that's what causes you to bounce back and be like you know what let me just suck this shit up and if, you got, and, and, and if you got a girl that's by your side that's indulging this kind of shit yeah. any man any woman that has a man or a woman by your side that's not allowing you to really reach out to your family like your not mother because again like I said people who follow the podcast they know me I don't give a fuck if I talk to my brother ever again in life if he died today and had a funeral I wouldn't be there so for me this is fine and I think people may listen to this and say, damn, that's harsh. But you know I'm not bullshit. You've been yeah, around for six and years. I, you know. And I've been that same person to tell you, regardless of even if certain things have fall, <laughs> fell back on me, I've been that person to tell you you shouldn't say that. But, or I, but I'm okay you, with that. And that's, what, and that's what I'm saying. But it goes to show <laughs> what kind of people you have around you yes. that don't kind of put that bug in your ear, at least. Yeah. Even if you never change your mind, yeah. at least you know where I stand yeah. on it. I know? mean, everybody from you to even some of my closest friends have said, you need to reach out to mm-hmm. your brother from Frank to my, the homie Harper mm-hmm. uh, to, the, to the homie Joby like people who know about it they've encouraged me to reach mm-hmm. out to him and I mean and I did send a text message mm-hmm. I don't know if he got it or not but I didn't send it to make amends I sent it because I knew the holidays was coming up mm-hmm. and my mom has voiced her opinion about you know what I'm saying like wanting to talk to my brother and wishing that they still had some kind of rapport with each other. Now, yeah. for me, on the other hand, I don't, like I said, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to keep talking on about how I don't care because this is really about my mom, but it's like, to me, it's some fuck shit to, to like you said, somebody who carried you in their womb, who mm-hmm. looked out for you. Now, they, they they didn't baby you after the age of 21 because no motherfucker should be baby. Yeah, it's not their fucking responsibility to baby you. It's not their responsibility. Let, let me tell you this, and I've said this before on the podcast too. If you lay down with a woman or a woman lays down with a man and you have a fucking child, it's not by it's nobody else's responsibility to take care of that fucking child exactly. but you a grandparent is just that a grand entitlement if you feel like it's somebody else's responsibility that's some hood shit that's that some hood shit that's some hood shit to for you to run up the bill and pass it off to somebody else or have a kid and think that somebody else is supposed to take care of it mm-hmm. it's not the case and my nigga, if you listening and whoever's listening and may pass it along to him please pass that nigga along to him and they know where I live at and he know where I live at you know what it is, my nigga. Grow the fuck up. All right. So moving on the to the next topic. thing. I just had to get my rent out because that shit burns me, man. And this is the reality: to, yeah. is I can't. That's some whole shit. <laughs> if I don't talk about the things that are in my life, and like I said, mm-hmm. expect people to come here or listen to the podcast and feel like, hey, yeah, you okay. know what I'm saying? How can I come on? And because it's people like I, I've had people hit me up and be like, I want to tell that story, but. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say my name. Shit, well, come on here. Your name ain't got to be said. Mm-hmm. It's been plenty of times I done called a nigga government name out, and if he want me to take it off, I take it off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So You're professional with the bleeps. I got to be. I got to be. So last night, Planet of the Apes movie, man, we was watching that movie, and all three installments of the Planet of the Apes, as I've watched them, the first thing I fucking say is what? 
It is a tight correlation between black, black and people white. and white people in slavery. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is because there were parts in there like um, when Caesar was willing to die for his people after they had all been captured. Yeah. Like they, and, and, and let me show you something. So, episode. The, okay, come on, church. No, I'm just saying, like part three, like like uh, what what was the name of the movie? The third one. Uh, the war for the, the planet of the, the apes. War for the planet of the mm-hmm. apes. So it started out where they had been, they had got away from, you know, the humans in the second movie. So the third one, they was already in their inhabitants. Like they were out there in the forest, in the woods, living in the trees, mm-hmm. just chilling. And white folks discovered and found them and started, excuse the ice maker. So they found them and started being like, hey, you know, they're out here. Let's go get them. Let's kill them. Whatever the case may be. It's no different than being in Africa mm-hmm. and the motherfucking Europeans stumbling upon Africa and start to see things and want to take those things. Yeah. The, another thing that was a correlation was they had the gorillas, which would be considered the buck. Yeah. That was helping capture their own Help fucking people. Marked as donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and them being called a donkey is the, is, is the, correlation of a black person is turning on their people being like a house nigga mm-hmm. or uncle ruckus ass type nigga mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's like so many correlations when or i watch this not movie to be funny back like how you made the correlation of them being referred to as bucks but the white people still try to find their best or do their best to degrade them in some way yeah so them being labeled as donkeys was degrading Just degrading yeah yeah so it, it, it was fucking crazy. And then the part where the, um, when they when they got caught and they were pretty much in this concentration camp setting mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the other monkeys outside dug a hole or found a re- under literally like an underground <laughs> what was railroad. the little monkey with the hat? I don't know his I name. I loved him. Yeah. He was my favorite. <laughs> outside was of Caesar, he was my favorite. <laughs> but it's like they found that hole and then they found a trench to get inside under. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were They got under the prison in which the other uh, the monkeys and the gorillas yeah. in the camp, the people were being enslaved. So, and they started rescuing them. So that was the underground railroad where they, <laughs> they dug from under the ground outside of the prison to get out to rescue. Mm-hmm. It was so many fucking correlations. It was one part where Woody Harrelson, which was the, he's basically like the, he would be like the Willie Lynch. The yeah. He was yeah. like the Willie Lynch of the movie, but he was the Colonel in the mm-hmm. movie. But when he was talking to Caesar, when he had him enslaved, he was like, what would you have me do? You're smarter than us. You're stronger than us. Mm-hmm. And eventually you're going to take over. Mm-hmm. We got to kill you motherfuckers. We got to enslave you. Mm-hmm. We got to massacre you. Yeah. So we can stay the dominant race. Don't that sound like fucking white people to me? Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty damn close. The funny thing about movies and the funny thing about TV shows, like even Sesame Street, you got Big Bird who's yellow, Bert and Ernie who probably Mexican or Asian. <laughs> You got Cookie Monster, who's just, I don't know what the fuck Cookie Monster is. Who's the nigga that lives in the um, garbage can? Oh, my God. What was his name? Then you got Elmo. Yeah. To, like, they Elmo made, you know what I'm, So, basically, what I'm saying is they had all these different colors, which is races, if you're looking at America or the country or this world, different races mm-hmm. that were different. The man who lived at the little thing that lived in the trash can, he didn't get along all the time. Like, Big Bird didn't understand this motherfucker <laughs> why he wanted to be in the trash. Mm-hmm. But the point of the matter was, in Sesame Street... I'm breaking this shit down to elementary like yeah, standards. You went all the way back. But it's real talk though. If you uh-huh. really look at shit, Disney movies, Sesame Street, it all shows oh, yeah. us that they people are show. different mm-hmm. and accept them for their differences. But how are we creating these fucking movies and letting our kids watch this shit to help better them and teach them how to be nice and teach them how to be mm-hmm. whatever the then only to turn around and contradict ourselves. Because that's years of 
Yeah. Yes. That's years of work that and it a goes, movie it, is not going to undo. No, it may make do. them feel a certain way in yeah. the moment, but long term, there'll be another situation that comes up and they'll revert back to their old ways. But that's the same thing we talked about, too, when we were watching Planet of the Apes. With Planet of the Apes, they had the little white girl. Mm-hmm. So in Planet of the Apes, they got outside of their camp, seizing them. They were going to find their people who had been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. They came across another soldier camp or a white people's camp because it was mostly white soldiers. Mm-hmm. When they came to that camp, they saw that they killed this guy mm-hmm. who they honestly just wanted to see what was going on. They saw the guy, the white guy got scared again, as white people do get scared when they, they, they see something that they don't understand. And the nigga said, let me put down what I have in my hands. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to reach for a, ga- a gun yeah. and sees a cop papped his ass, <laughs> capped yeah, his ass, cap yeah. papped his ass. So, so what I'm saying is in that scenario, how it makes it realistic and you can jump in at any time. I, I, you keep like you about to talk, I, you know, I'm long winded like a preacher. Yes, you are. But the part that got me was they always want us to trust them to cut our throats. Mm-hmm. And we always have some kind of humanity in us to feel like they're going to do right this mm-hmm. time. And they keep fucking cutting our throat. Yeah. And I'm like, how do we fucking do this? So then after they killed the white dude, they went and got the, the white girl, the little girl who was a mute. Uh-huh. And she was scared of them, but they took her in. Mm-hmm. Caesar wanted to leave it because he was like, we don't want no trouble. Yeah, Even like, Caesar knew, it. don't fuck with them white bitches. <laughs> them white bitches will get you in trouble. Even Caesar knew this shit. But Maurice, shit. yeah, but, Ma- but Maurice was like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got to take her with her, take her with us because she's only a kid. Mm-hmm. Again, that goes back to black people always being accepting. Mm-hmm. of white people and every other race but nobody's and as accepting care. of us and taking care of because we all know Big Mama what? took care of all the white kids yes. and raised them yes you know what exactly. I'm saying you have a story about that you told me like your great grandmother my great grandmother she works for a white family and this white family I mean they are still to this day very amazing um, very liberal hearted yeah. so it's not the typical white family but yeah. she she did work for um, a family and they she took care of them she raised their son and he looked at her he called her mom Yeah. and he took care of her he helped take care of her up until she passed away and yeah. even after that he sent some money for the funeral too, or something. Right? Yeah, because he found out I paid. I paid for the entire funeral myself. Even so he though, sent you and money. our and our the story is a little bit tricky because I was my family was adopted into her family. Yeah. So we weren't like blood relatives, but yeah. that was my great grandmother. Like yeah. she raised me or helped raise me, and so it was funny because when it came time to go to the funeral home and make the arrangements. I'm sitting there, her family, her blood family is sitting there and we're making the arrangements and the funeral home director is like, all right, so who's going to take care of the bill? And one of her uh, nieces was like, she got the checkbook and put it all on me, which I didn't have a problem doing it because I always knew that if that time came, I was going to be the one to do it. Um, But yeah, I just thought that that was funny. So he found out about it and he ended up sending me half of the total cost of the funeral. And we know funerals ain't cheap. Ain't cheap. So for him to do that even beyond her death was amazing. It's so funny because, uh, well, first of all, we got off the Thanksgiving day, Thanksgiving (laughs) recap. But the reality is, is if your blood relatives aren't doing right by you, Mm -hmm. then create your own family through friends. Mm -hmm. You have to. I have created a whole network of a family. Which doesn't allow me, like, I don't have to go back and reach and search for my father. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go back to see if me and my brother can mend a relationship. I don't have to go back and see if old friends like Derek and Ronnie are going to be cool again. Fuck these niggas. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't, and that's what I'm saying. And the thing about it is the new friends that I have um, and these new guys, you know, that I've named over and over on the podcast, like, I didn't go searching for these dudes. Mm -hmm. We met. 
it was an intentional meeting mm-hmm. and the relationship flourished. Mm-hmm. And then, like I always mentioned, the Harpers, the Franks, you know, inside the group meet, uh, you know, we got the Kaylas, we got the Lanishas, <laughs> and and uh, we got a lot of other people, the Drinas, the Ashleys, uh, the Kims, the Bows, we, the, the, the Kevins, mm-hmm. the Surges. Like, we got all these motherfuckers who are just so cool. Now, even they dropped the ball, but we also dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. But the, the big thing is about reciprocity. And also with friendships, it's a key thing. It's a key factor mm-hmm. that is okay. If I call you, text you, reach out to you, it's okay if you don't respond. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to respond, in my opinion, don't let a whole day go by yeah. without responding. If you or if I'm quick to respond to you when you need me, exactly. don't just be quick to respond when you need me. Mm-hmm. Be quick to respond when I need you. And even if you're busy, because it's been plenty of times. I, we all keep our know. phone. This is, why yeah. I don't, this is why I don't buy that <laughs> bullshit. What, where's my phone at right now? Right next to me. Mine is too. I can pick it up. When you go to the bathroom, where are most people's phones? Right next to them. Mm-hmm. When they're in the store, where's their phone? Right next to them. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have people that you know and you see on social media and they always tweeting and texting mm-hmm. and taking pictures and doing videos every five seconds every hour you telling me your phone ain't near you for 24 hours where you can't say I'm busy I'll hit you back if you want reciprocity motherfuckers give it yeah well that's what I was gonna say you actually took the words out of my mouth I'm sorry you want me to put them back in there no it's okay Okay. I was just gonna say it's nothing wrong with shooting them a text and saying hey I'm caught up right now I'll hit you back later even that to me is better than no response at all and if you're not and and if you don't want somebody to know that you read the shit I mean it is the technology is pretty advanced these days turn off your read receipts yeah. Don't let me see that you read the shit and you just didn't respond, especially if we ain't beeping, beefing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I do that. If I don't respond to you, that means I really don't fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Or that means I just didn't feel like it. But not to be funny, even if I don't feel like and it, I'll let take, you know. I feel like I'm gonna say Everybody I'm busy. Knows. Or I ain't if got I time. fuck with you, I fuck with you. And if I don't, you know, know. it. Straight up like, and down. So no in between. So Friendsgiving was amazing. Shout out to my homeboy, Richard, man. I know he listens to the podcast faithfully. He is like a cheerleader. Um, his wife, you know, we appreciate the, the meal. Yes. Uh, that three or six cheese macaroni was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, her mother's uh, greens were a fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Normally I shit when I have the shits when I eat them greens, but that shit, that shit was kosher. <laughs> kosher greens. That was good business. <laughs> That was good business. I don't know what she did with them ribs. She put these ribs in the oven mm-hmm. and she seasoned them, had jalapenos on that meat was falling off the bone. Mm-hmm. And you know me, yeah, I don't really fuck with ribs. Away. If it ain't my granddad's ribs, yeah. I ain't fuck with no ribs. But baked in the oven. Normally if somebody would say I baked the ribs, I'm kind of like, nigga, we in Texas. We ain't eating no fucking ribs out mm-hmm. the oven. My God today. Yeah. I fucked up about six ribs. ribs. I'm just agreeing because I know I you know watched I don't. you while you. And I kept going yeah. back. That was the only thing you I kept did. going back for seconds. Yeah. You even took a little... Yeah, I brought me a little thing home. And even though Rashad tried to make a nigga take a bacon oh, pan God, full of food. And I'm did. like, no, nigga. Talk about hospitality, He though. is super hospitality. <laughs> he was, with these hands. <laughs> I made this food with these hands. But let's hands. talk about how much bread he ate. I, I thought, know, I, like, bread is my favorite thing to eat. <laughs> Rashad, I'm surprised that you are not the fattest nigga in McKinney. <laughs> this nigga ate a whole pack of Hawaiian bread. Yes. Now, those little Hawaiian buns have at least 12 little pieces of, of bread yeah. in there. He ate those. He was yeah. already snacking on them. He had me beat. I was like, how are you eating 17 it. pieces of bread? Where <laughs> is it still, going? And still had a whole plate of food. And still drinking water. I said, nigga, you been to prison? Like you eating bread and water. We know when you put bread in your belly and drink water behind it, it bloats up. That's a poor man's dinner. Yeah. My mom used to tell me if you hungry before dinner and you don't and it ain't enough food, drink some water before you sit down at this table. That way you're halfway there. Wow. 
we done been somewhere. Yeah. We done been through some things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, right. still, <laughs> I'm still here. I'm but grateful you, for my blessings. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that lecture. Drink some water. Fill your belly halfway up. You know? I mean, your ex-husband been there. He, he, oh, he, yeah. He, that was one thing. Yeah. I never had Kool-Aid water until, until we met. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't play Black Card Revoke because you out of there. I know. Yeah. That's why I stay away from I, I watch games like that. Well, hey, it ain't... You know what? But it's a blessing. So many people these it days, is. and we already know that a lot of these young niggas in the hood, they sag. In, yeah. and they want to be hard and it's like they live in suburbs and they, they trying to act like they hard yeah. like they gonna shoot somebody like they want to steal and it's like bro if you didn't grow up in the hood and you got a meal every day exactly. I wish I could tell that story mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like if you got a good and life just it's because cool you to tell that story doesn't mean that you think you're better than yeah. anybody you just, it, yeah. like a lot of times I get caught up in conversations and people are like talking about their struggle stories and I'm sitting here I'm listening yeah <laughs> but I can't relate, so they look at me sideways because they think uh, you don't, you don't know about that. No, I but don't. But that's the mentality, okay. though. Like how? And that I, was a, that's what I was gonna say because you mentioned yeah. uh, my ex husband growing up, and it took him a long time to get away from eating certain things yeah. because he, that's what he was used to. Like, hey, nigga, like you got, don't have to do this anymore. I got money. <laughs> I got money. Like, please stop. Put away the brown paper. <laughs> we got green paper. These are presidents on the front. What was that bread pudding? Yeah. Rice? Yeah. Like, he, yeah. Yeah. Rice with sugar, <laughs> cereal with water. Beans. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. Every meal with no meat. Ham, yeah. no burger, whatever that shit was on Friday, they was poor too. That's why they were saying that shit. That's why niggas can relate to that type of shit. So we were sitting at the, uh, <laughs> we were sitting at the Thanksgiving party, Friendsgiving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Richard's wife's mom was asking about me and you. And she's like, you got any kids? I was like, no, I don't have no kids. I'm cool with not having no kids. Oh, yeah. If I don't have no kids, it's cool. I feel like we're on the, the, on the high seat. Yeah. It's always like that. So when she asked me, I was like, you know, she cool with it. You know, you've been married yeah, before. Yeah, now I get married. Yeah, you got two kids. kids, so you don't need no kids. I ain't mm-hmm. tripping, whatever the case may be. So then, you know, I'm talking and we talking about kids. And she's like, why you don't want to have no kids? And I'm like, I'm good right now. The money I make is enough for me to do what I need to do, travel and still enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. Bring kids in the picture. I don't know what's going to happen, but she said the typical black black mother and black uh, church going mother thing. She said, God will provide. Yeah. Have those kids and God will provide. Mm-hmm. I don't Common doubt Common sense lets you know, though, you might yeah. want to slow down. Because I yeah. know for me with my two, I'm good with my two. Because yeah. I can still do what I want to do. I can make sure that they have everything that they need. Yep. Some of the things that they want. Yep. Like, we good. And you can still travel yes. and do the shit and you that's want. The most, with like, six who wants to live kids? a stressed life? I'm st- <laughs> If I had six kids, the first one that hits 12, one is going to be selling drugs and the other going to be selling pussy. My I'm God. pimping these motherfuckers out. All right. I'm just joking. That is a joke. <laughs> but I do think people are, dis- are are irresponsible with how many mm-hmm. times, you know, how many kids they pop out and so on and so forth. Yeah. So with all that being said, it was a guy there. Mm-hmm. Real cool guy. Yeah. But it's so funny because like I tell people, I know people's mannerisms. I don't have women's intuition, but I do know niggas mm-hmm. I explained that to you earlier when we went to brunch yeah I know niggas mm-hmm. and when I saw him he was getting ready to go he dapped me up he was real cool he spoke mm-hmm. to you whatever whatever real cool dude real clean yeah. you know chill nice looking guy and when he got ready to stylish. go very, very stylish <laughs> and when he got ready to go I said I see you my nigga I said you got that single man swag because they had told me that he got a girlfriend yeah so I was like hey bro you got that single man swag so he kind of laughed and shit mm-hmm. and he walked out so I walked out I'm chopping it up with him and Richard and when we came back in you know Richard was like he got seven kids my guy. I said, huh? 
And I said, that makes sense. That's why he was so quiet. Yeah, when you were talking about... Not having kids. Yeah. And I was like, why would I want to have kids and two and three and four kids when I'm going to be broke and I ain't got... And when he told me, I was like, seven fucking kids? And I was like, why? I, no wonder that nigga was quiet as yeah. a church mouse. Child support eating him up. Seven kids? That's... Oh, my God. Seven kids. Yeah. You ain't got no check. And then now looking back Tyrese at Tyrese crying on social media <laughs> for 13000 a month. Mm-hmm. And he got millions. Yeah. I don't know what this guy makes. I know where they said he worked at. I'm not going to put that <laughs> shit out there because somebody may figure the shit out who he is to live in Dallas. But I'm just going to say he ain't making enough for seven kids. No. He ain't making enough to be established as he was looking. He ain't making enough to do nothing <laughs> with seven kids, man. Yeah. What looking the back, fuck? That style is definitely like Papa was a rolling stone. Oh, my God. <laughs> August says, young man, God bless you. Amy. You can't tuck them kids' blessings Blessings. in his life. (laughs) So I don't know if y'all, man. Well, before, you know what? Before we uh, jump onto this, we want to talk about She's Got to Have It. I don't know if any of you guys have been. She's got to have it. Mm -hmm. I did like white people. She's got to have it. No, it's She's Got to Have It. I let you go out like that. That's like saying 50 Cent. No, it's it's 50 Cent. (laughs) They'd be like, 50 cent. No, like, you too. You know what I'm saying? Like, white po- white folks, you can tell when they're trying to be real cool. Yeah. Like, they say the shit that we say, but it just doesn't. What still show say- were we watching when somebody said, I can't was remember. that lethal weapon? And what he say? I, can, I can't remember what he said. But I think like, the, why is he trying so hard? He trying hard? so hard. They say, like, when white people try to be cool with black people, it sounds out of place. Yes. And it the handshakes like, are awkward as fuck. Yes. I, I most <laughs> like, of the time, let it go. Yeah, most of the time, if I dap up a white dude, I'm literally shaking his hand. Like, Just I'm I'm doing a professional shake. Exactly. And when they try to do that, curl the finger and snap, or like, I'm like, nah, <laughs> bro. Nah. You missed me on that one. But again, you listen to the reality is where filter becomes extinct. We got a few more topics. We're going to chop it up with you guys, and we'll be right back. See, she's telepathic. Call it black girl magic. Yeah, she scares the girls, man. All right, man, so we back, and we want to talk about, I want to talk about, personally, she's got to have it. She's got to have it. Fuck, man, I got to get back to the South Side. She got to have it. Yes. She's got to have it. With Nola, darling, man, it's a, it's, a, it's a remake from Spike Lee's, I think, 1987 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got to have it. I forgot the name Was of the lady. I think it was 1987. It wasn't 97. Okay. It was 87. But uh, it was starring Nola Darling, and Nola is the actual name of the character mm-hmm. in the movie. And it's it's about a... Uh, I can only call her promiscuous. She's not a whore. No, she's not. She's just a but woman who... she actually who, had a description. Well, it's promiscuous. And basically, she was a sexual free spirit without a, f- a specific label. She didn't like putting labels on shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She had three specific guys that she fucked with. Um, if you watched the um, podcast, what, what was it? So the label was a self-defined, sex-positive, polyamorous, pansexual. What the fuck is that? Now, I do know polyamorous means you can love and have sex with multiple people. It's like a, a relationship that it, it could be a triangle. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think it's two men and a woman. And then I forgot what the other part is called, where it's two women and a man. That's what I was like. Oh, so that has a separate name? Yeah, separate names. But I know, I think one of them was, uh, it, they just called it a, a literal triangle. Okay. But the point of the matter is. Pansexual is just meaning that you love to love, regardless of So you're gender. a pansexual. Okay, you love to love. So pansexual yeah. it means you love to love. 
So you can love men and women, mm -hmm. basically being bisexual. So we watched this and we've had some disagreements. Yes. And the number one disagreement, and we'll get back Not to the a show. Disagreement, just the difference in opinion. The difference in opinion. Yes. Okay. So my whole thing was at the beginning of the movie, she, it, she starts out with these three guys. Mm -hmm. um, she has Jamie Overstreet. And he's more stable. He's a married man, mm -hmm. but he's more stable and he has a kid and, you know, he he's a provider. Mm -hmm. So then you have Greer Childs, who is a photographer. He's a big photographer in uh, New York, but he's he's it's just about his, it's about his sexuality. Yeah. And he's kind of conceited, like he's a little bit stuck on himself. He, he has got a the light, light skin, skin syndrome. syndrome. Yes, he does mm -hmm. have that. Um, <laughs> but Greer is more about he he's. Um, it's all about sex. Mm -hmm. How you want to do it, when you want to do it, Grizz there. Then you have Mars Blackman. That's both of our favorite. Yes. Um, now, Jamie Overshoot is growing on me, but Mars Blackman was pretty dope. Mars Blackman is that support yeah, system. Yeah. What you about to say? <laughs> what? I saw a little bit of Jamie Overstreet in you. What you mean? That that means taking. I don't take care of nobody. No, not taking care of somebody, but just how like. His and story, I'm not married. No, his story of uh, leaving the you know oh, making coming it out, out of the hood, hood and then being a different yeah. person. Yeah, because it was a part on there where his wife was like, he was basically trying to express himself to his actual wife, mm -hmm. and she was like, "Why are you saying nigga and saying all of this shit like you still in the hood? You ain't that type of person. This is not the man I married." Mm -hmm. And he was like, "But this is who I am." And I thought that was important because I am, I do feel like I'm that person. I'm a dude who was in the hood, you know, me and my brother and my mom, we bounced around from home to home. We moved a lot. Mm -hmm. And even, in, and it, it is kind of transferred to here, me being in Dallas. Like I've told you, I've moved about eight or nine times since I've been in Dallas and I've been here like 13 years. Yeah. So that means every year and a half I'm moving Yeah. pretty much. So I did see that part. Um, but my favorite part was uh, Mars Blackman. He was more of a support system. He was a mm -hmm. young guy. He was always there for her. And But the thing that I got from all of it, and that's what she's got to have it, is trying to let us know that having more than one sexual partner or one partner, mm -hmm. more than one partner, doesn't make you a hoe. Mm -hmm. And I love this movie because, not to be funny, I've been in this situation where I've had, not to be funny, I had more than three women oh, yeah. in a rotation. Hmm. And it was for a specific <laughs> reason. Not to be funny. I mean, that's real, though. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, like literally right before I met you and right when yeah, I met you, it like still eight, continued. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's like I had somebody who came by the house. They cleaned up. Mm -hmm. I had somebody who cooked. I had somebody who could suck a mean dick. Mm. I had somebody who could suck a mean dick and it was sloppy the way I liked it. I had somebody who could have sex and it was amazing. Like then I had all, it was like you had one or two or three people who did like the domestic stuff. Yeah. And then the rest of them were sexual partners because certain people are on certain levels when it comes to sexuality. Mm -hmm. I have a high sex uh, drive and a, a high sexual appetite. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like that worked for me. But the thing about it was I was honest. Mm -hmm. And that's what I loved about her because she was honest. Mm -hmm. You know, they, every, all, knew about they all knew about each other. Yeah. Now, all of them wanted some kind of number one spot. But mm -hmm. the only person, it was two people. I would say Greer, uh, Greer didn't want to be with her. No, he didn't. I think I think Mars was the one. Mars and Jamie wanted to be with her. Yeah, but Jamie couldn't. Like he, there was nothing he could do about that because he's married. He was, yeah, so but that's that the and, see that, and that's the thing I look at from so many different perspectives. Like he's married. Yeah, he won't get divorced. They they're, they're separated, living within they the were same house. To keep up appearances for their son. Mm -hmm. I ain't got that kind of energy. Yeah. Like, I understand, like... And she knew, the wife yeah, knew. About the girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she did. But see, that's the funny thing about it. Like, my... And that's what goes into marriage and stuff. Like, why why get... Now, you sometimes you don't know these things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. But how long do you kind of make yourself unhappy just to make sure the kids are good? I think the kids are good if you tell them mm -hmm. and you still love them. Yeah, because I can still sense the yeah. tension. 
in the separation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my fuck with Mars. But I think for me personally, what she's got to have it. I think it's it's a good. It's a. I think it's glad. I'm glad that that um, Spike Lee mm -hmm. actually redid this. And brought it to Netflix. And it's a, I didn't know, but he said he felt like this was his big chance to like get a redo from yeah. the movie because he didn't like the way he ended the actual movie. Oh, yeah. So with the Netflix series, he said he felt like this was his big redo and he's very proud of it. But and, I think everybody I mean, it's a great show. Yeah, it is a great show. And yeah. I think it's good for black people to see because especially in the South, because I heard New York is like that already. Mm -hmm. But it's like here in the South, like black sexuality, not even just sexuality amongst people, black sexuality is so hard for people to tap into. Mm -hmm. And so many people are judged by how many bodies they have, oh, yeah. how many notches they have on their belt. And it's like, no, how about this person may just know what they want. Mm -hmm. They're protecting themselves and they just live in their fucking life. Yeah. I've had homegirls come to me and be like, hey, I'm with this guy. I've been with this guy. And all I say is protect yourself. Be careful. Mm -hmm. And if you really don't plan on being with this person, like emotionally, be honest with them mm -hmm. and give them agency over their mindset and their body as well as decision. as well as you would want somebody to do that for you. But I'm the, I'm, I'm the first person that's going to tell you, if you got three three or four women or three or four men and you want to fuck all of them and they're going to allow you to fuck them fuck them yeah. figure out the rest later mm -hmm. protect fuck protect yourself first fuck them figure the rest out later one thing that you don't want to do is live in regret and one thing that you don't want to do is be a lousy fuck Mm -hmm. That's what you don't want to do. So I say live your life. So Spike Lee, shout out to Spike Lee because I think this is paramount to have this type of, yes. of TV show for and people the music to see. Selection was it's awesome. amazing. Like I love it. It's kind of it reminded me of uh, what's the TV show we watch on HBO? Insecure. Uh, insecure. Like those are oh, my two top shows. And that was another shows. thing I wanted to bring up too because with social media, I'm glad because I'm just eating up all the mic time. Don't go there. With social media. <laughs> Um, some people were saying, oh, they were pitting the two shows against each other. And so it's I like, how come shit. we can't just enjoy both two shows? Two great fucking shows. Exactly. That's like, why do you have is. to pit them against each well, other? Well, first of all, they're not the same because <laughs> Issa Rae had to go through a whole phase. Mm -hmm. And they called it, and, and they called whole phase. Yeah. They called her a hoe, mm -hmm. and she's going through a phase. But everybody has. Nola Darling didn't accept being called a hoe. Oh, yeah, she was a like, slut no. or any fucking thing else. Yeah. So that's what I love about it because it's like women empowerment mm -hmm. and sexual empowerment. And then we also talked about um, the fact that you'll have some women that don't necessarily, that doesn't apply to them. But what part? What are like, you talking about? How they'll try to act a certain way, even though they don't give off the same qualities. Like I'm Nola did what she Nola did what she did. She took ownership of it. But then you'll have these modern day feminists oh, that'll yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. well, this is I, you can't refer to me as such." Well, no, essentially that is what you're doing. That is you what are you're doing. Being a hoe. Yeah, but the funny thing <laughs> about it, Nola Darling, too, is now one part I didn't like is when she felt like it, she was basically. I said, I guess she was assaulted. You could say she was assaulted on the walk home. Yeah. She was walking home. And that and, happens in like yeah. everyday real life. And the guy was catcalling. Uh -huh. I heard that's real bad in New York. I think it's a documentary out about the catcalling in New York. Mm -hmm. And it was like this guy was like, hey, hey, ma. Hey, mm -hmm. lady. Hey, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, eventually he walked up on her. He grabbed her and he's like, hey, bitch, you hear me talking to you? Yeah. Now that throws me off because, I mean, what kind of faggot ass, punk ass man, not faggot as in faggot, but mm -hmm. faggot as in you whole ass motherfucker. Yeah. Put your hand on a woman because she didn't turn around to talk to you, nigga. Yeah, I've never been grabbed, but I've definitely been called a bitch because I didn't respond or react a certain way, the way they wanted after you somebody cat called me. But I, I don't, I usually don't respond now, to cat other, calls. And other women, y'all can hit us up at info at the reality is and let us know what y'all think about this. Mm -hmm. But my whole thing that did trip me out was she went and she plastered all these little billboards on the thing, and mm -hmm. she was it she was, was like, just my saying, name is not. <laughs> 
a hoe. My name is not hey. My name is not hey whatever. Yeah, my name ain't hey lady. And I was like, yeah. so if it's not Miss Lady, it's not Lady. Of course, it's not bitch. Well, it's she not didn't hoe. have those terms. I think Miss. I think I've had. People she did that, say something about Miss Lady. Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah, one. and I was like, so if you can't say hey ma'am, it's well, like what do you what say? What do you fucking say if you mm-hmm. want to approach a woman? But that kind of brings me back to the whole thing where it's like it's almost easier to just go the route of online dating and do an introduction because it's like how the fuck do you even approach a woman? That's what I'm saying. I'm, I mean, me, I don't yeah, prefer I online don't, dating. Yeah. But I always be, I've never had an issue with like actually speaking with a woman because I don't I think, think I'm catcalling like, hey, her. Miss Lady, that's your thing. Yeah, that's my thing. I'm going to be like, hey, Miss Lady, or I'm going to say, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to start a conversation. And then within 30 seconds, yeah. I'm going to say, my name is Anthony. Um, and if I say my name is Anthony and extend my hand, normally you'll get that name mm-hmm. from her, whether it's fake or not. I mean, you can tell if it's fake or not because you should use that name consistently throughout the conversation to see if this motherfucker answers to it or wait till she walk off and be like, hey, excuse me, uh, Jasmine. If that motherfucker keep walking, you're like, this bitch. Have <laughs> no. you had that happen before? I'm not, I, honestly, the only, it sounds arrogant, but it's real, it's, it's very true. The only time I've ever been turned down, mm-hmm. it was a married woman. She just didn't want me, you know. I was fucking married. I was knocking married bitches down back in the day. Mm-hmm. But she was married and didn't want me because she was married mm-hmm. and I respected that. And then the other girl was a girl who was like, I see you. I know you know too many women. Mm-hmm. And it was a girl at work, you know, where yeah. I used to work a long time ago. She's like, I'm not signing myself up for that. I didn't heed that lesson. But every... <laughs> at all. But every, <laughs> but every other time, it was like they either gave me conversation or when I did get the conversation and got the phone number, like I don't chase. Mm-hmm. I'll work because you get paid. You yeah, chase, you get I tired. Do so I don't chase. And that's what I'm going to name this podcast. I don't chase. But like, I think for me in the past, it's been mm-hmm. all about the chase. Like, I don't know what it is. Um, that whole period where somebody's trying to reach out continuously. I enjoy that. But then after it's over, it's over. Like when it's, yeah, it's, done, old, it's done. like, I'm not interested. The only way that niggas going to keep chasing like they initially are is if they ain't got the pussy. Mm-hmm. Once they get the pussy, shit changes. Yeah. Even we can still be good to you. Mm-hmm. But we dialing it like we gonna be chasing you at hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. When we get the pussy, we driving like we got speed bumps. Everything is twenty miles. Well, an I hour. think sometimes people get tired of waiting for me because I I think we've established I'm a little bit more of a slow mover. So <laughs> oh foggy. It doesn't bit. matter. I accept that. Okay. As long as you do. I mean, it is it what it is. It is who I am. So. But the thing about it is not a bad thing. No, it's you know, not. It's, it's, I, I don't want to say. And just as I don't judge anybody else, exactly. I don't want to be wanna judged, be judged. But I think it's okay because it's categories. You know, some people, like I've had people as sexual as I am, they'd be like, you ever fuck somebody on the first date? No. Mm-hmm. I love my dick too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know what somebody has, so on and so forth. So no, I don't fuck on the first date, but I don't judge people who do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What I fuck in the first month, I'm pretty sure. Now, would I get my dick sucked on the first day? Probably so. That's different. I don't have to enter your vagina, you know. So, yeah, but sucking dick, it's, it's kind of like a white, white famous. famous. When he was yeah. like, hey, I'll take you home. No fucking. You can suck he my said, dick, Ain't though. nobody getting this dick tonight. Ain't nobody getting this dick tonight. Wait, you can give me some head, though. <laughs> so, but no, if you haven't watched She's Gotta Have It, I say I, I would advise you to watch the 1987 one first mm-hmm. to get a concept or a, a grasp of what he's trying to do. And then watch the uh, the video. Mm-hmm. But the variations of sexual partners, I think it's it's important to have some. And so Jamie Overstreet was stable. Mm-hmm. Greer was more sexual. Mars was the support system. Mm-hmm. The reason that kind of shit happens was amazing. Yes, it was. And it, and that's what it was. Mental support. Time. Yeah, exactly. It was mental he, support. He had the least out of. Everybody. everybody he, he lived was, with his he sister he was riding a bike yeah. like transporting he her stuff everywhere yeah. 
but it's because he was dependable and always there. But you know what? And also in real life, women also shoot niggas like that down. Oh yeah, which I was she did. That she played that nigga to the left here, a lot, yeah. and it's like you women yeah. all the time. Women are their own enemy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Women always talk about what they want from a nigga and what they need from a man, mm-hmm. and it's like the time you meet your Mars Blackman, mm-hmm. you treat him. I've always you, you been treat him as a temporary opportunity dater, and that's one of the reasons why because I've had situations where I could have been with somebody with more money, you know, more status. Yep. Whatever, but none of that matters at the end of the day. It's all about how you make me feel. Well, I'm sure that money can make you feel good, but I but I bring my own to the table, you so do. I'm not really worried about that. So the thing that I was going to say before I forget: stability in Jamie Overstreet, sexuality in Grinch House, and support in Mars Blackman. The reason these type of scenarios happen outside of just sex being so sexual and you want multiple partners, mm-hmm. it's hard to find all three of those things in one person. Exactly, and that's what I was going to say yeah. when you were talking about we were talking about your eight women and you were going down a rundown. I'm just like, that's what I'm tired of this eight women. <laughs> I mean, but it's true eight because you were able to get you were able to get everything that you wanted from these people and it was not a, not pressure on one person to try to be all of those things that's what makes it great and that's why i think we had the conversation about open relationships yeah you brought that to me but i don't know how I, every man would probably run to that mm-hmm. but with you talking to me and having that discussion for me personally i felt like i would possibly lose respect yeah not even lose respect but it's like it's a beast in here. It's really weird. Cause and you got to be able to tame that motherfucker. <laughs> if you say, hey, you can go out yeah, and you can have sex with multiple people or you can have a hall pass. Mm-hmm. Like, are you like I told you, I was like, am I picking this person? Or are you picking this person? And then not to be funny, I'm gonna get tired of that. Puss. If you like say, for instance, you say, hey, you could get this Hispanic chick and whatever. Mm-hmm. After I fuck this Hispanic chick a couple of times, I'm gonna be ready for a white chick. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna say, can I get another black chick? Then I'm gr- yeah, you're I know, greedy. I'm a greedy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I know that though. It is so funny. I think the two times that I have um, mentioned that in relationships that I've been in, but surprisingly, both of the answers were like, "No, I don't think so." Out of respect for me, out of respect for because you are a good person, then, you are a good woman, you are a respectable woman. It's kind of one of those things. And I've even told you several times. I was like, "Fuck!" When we get into it, I'm like, "Why can't you be like some of these ratchet bitches so I can just go ham on you?" But you don't really let a nigga do that. You still move within the confines of being a woman and a, I'm a lady. <laughs> you move within the confines of yeah. that to make it where it makes it hard to really treat you like niggas treat a lot of these other random motherfuckers out here. Mm-hmm. It just makes it difficult. I wanted to get back to the bi-curious thing with Nola Darling. So it was a part on there where she fucked with Opal. Mm-hmm. She went on some kind of little sabbatical and stopped fucking with niggas. Is sabbatical the right word to use in this terms? If not, it's a hiatus yes. from dick. Yes, that's what she did. Okay. And she said, but she was still going to be getting it in. And she was, of course, getting it in with Opal, which was a lady. And she is fine as fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Now, with the relationship she had with Opal, when I first saw this, I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, man, so that, I was like, that's bullshit because I was like, that shit is it's gay. Not. If it was a nigga, if it was. A, but see, that's the <laughs> thing. How is it? Not, and you can explain to the listeners, but this is this is my thing. When she stopped <laughs> fucking with dick, uh-huh. she went immediately to pussy. She fucked around with Opal for maybe a couple of weeks. The way the movie TV show was set up, it could have been months. Mm-hmm. And you said she could still return to dick and be okay. Yes. No labels of being gay, no, lesbian, nothing. Okay. Not- now, before you do that, I'm going to let you explain. Okay. I leave this situation. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to get no pussy no more. Mm-hmm. I want to go suck dick. Mm-hmm. That's gay. I want. I mean it is It is gay It is And what she did is gay How is it not gay It could be described as having a gay tendency But 
when you search or by curious, it's by curious because what you're what you're saying I just is just want to suck a little bit of dick. But she wasn't not me per se for the listeners too. A lesbian lifestyle. That's not what she was doing. Okay, so if I went so somewhere, so curious. So if if I'm not fucking with you and I decide to let a nigga come, <coughs> come over and suck my dick one time. That it, I mean, like I told you when we were having this discussion, it's a double. It's standard. unfortunate. It's a double standard. Guys have many double standards yes, that do. they get away with. So you cannot debate this one. No, that is gay as fuck. But if <laughs> if a woman does it, it's by curious. But when she starts, tra- if she ever transitions and starts living that lifestyle, like maintaining a lifestyle with a woman, the then that's when you move into lesbian. I've been by curious before. Okay. So it's a difference. Okay. So. A nigga get his dick suck one time or suck dick one time or get his shit pushed I'm back sorry, one time difficult. or push somebody else's shit back one time. That's not to say that he can't come back from that, but it would be difficult. Hmm. Very difficult. You had a friend come back from that. He tried to come back to it, yeah, <laughs> but it's, it was difficult. And he married now? Um, he's engaged. And he hasn't, from what you heard, fuck with any other dudes. But you know the funny, yeah, exactly. I see that little slice. My see, that's the dangerous part. And, and then it's one of the things where it's like, does he? And it's people don't even know. It's so many fights that go on beto- between the gay community, and I really didn't know until I started hanging with you. Mm-hmm. And it was like to see because you have a friend that's gay, mm-hmm. and then you have a friend that was gay that's not gay, mm-hmm. and they don't really care for each other because one is like because one feels like he's not living up to who he truly who, is. So one is like out of the closet gay, and one is still like. Wearing the cape in the closet. Well, he's still going back and like he. That's a struggle for him, and yeah. that's his own personal struggle. True, true. Like we're not here. I'm not. Oh, here yeah, we're not judging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or anything like but that. But I think the conversation is it, it needs to be had. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's a struggle for him. So he hasn't really. He would prefer to be married with kids yeah. versus taking on that lifestyle. Even though that's something that he you know he has these urges that he has to deal with. And I respect, man. I had this conversation with some homeboys the other day, and I was like. I'm an open, honest person. Mm-hmm. I took a shower the other day. I was watching TV after I took the shower. I mean, before I took the shower. And it was like some gay shit going on. I'm like, damn, this shit crazy. Got in the bathroom, took a motherfucking shower, washed my ass like I always do. Stuck the towel in my ass, washed my ass, cleaned my asshole real good. <laughs> and as tight as my asshole was when I was cleaning my asshole, and the pushback and the resistance that my asshole had. Just, How will niggas getting eight, seven, nine, ten when inches of cock? Will, there's a way. My God, today. <laughs> like, how? <laughs> and then, and not to be funny, even with women, mm-hmm. like, I've been with my share of women, even with women where it's like, you rubbing the clit and the, or you doing whatever you're doing and the vagina gets wet and sometimes the juices slide back to the asshole and even sometimes even putting your finger in a girl's ass all the niggas out here getting dick what that nigga say uh, like uh, Future said he stick his finger in the ass when, like when he get hit and shit yeah. like not to be funny even that when you stick your finger in a girl's ass mm-hmm. as soon as that finger gets in the ass the ass clamps up mm-hmm. on that little bitty finger mm-hmm. what the fuck is it doing with a dick with girth and length. That's why some people like it. It's extra tight. We moving on to the next subject. <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> I wanted to talk about, before we get out of here, accepting your kids for who they are. 
whether it's being if your son wants to be an engineer as, a, as opposed to a football player mm-hmm. if he wants to be a woman instead of a man or your daughter wants to be a man instead of a woman mm-hmm. it's so many conversations going on these days especially in the black community I was reading something on Farrakhan the other day and he was talking about the emasculation of black men mm-hmm. and you know Muslims are fighting that so strongly because they feel like America and the system and white men are emasc- is it emasculating our men Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Because for me, it's kind of hard because it's like I get what he's saying. But the dangerous part about preaching rhetoric like that yeah. is that if somebody ever comes out this gay in that in that circle. But that's why a lot of them don't because they fear the they backlash. fear the backlash of that. But for me, I feel like when you go so hard on that. Like, I, you know, I agree with some of Farrakhan's teachings yeah. and things like that. But I think when you go that hard, you almost become the oppressor. Because yeah. it's like you're forcing people. Like you have to be in this certain train of thought at all times. There's no variance. To be accepted. Exactly. Yeah. I always said, you know, when I was younger, I used to always, some people used to ask me if I had a gay kid, what would I do? Mm-hmm. I never really had an answer because I really didn't know. I've always even as a kid, I've always been kind of open minded. Mm-hmm. But at now, like right. today, if somebody asked me, would you disown your son mm-hmm. if Eight, after 18 years of raising him to be a man because he's still a man at the end of the day exactly but if you raise 18 years and you and, and you instill these things in him to be a man and then he likes guys mm-hmm. are you going to disown him and I wouldn't mm-hmm. I would just want him to be honest with me so I know before other people knew mm-hmm. like don't let somebody else come tell me that my son is gay yeah. or that my son likes men if you do that's cool the reason I want you to tell me early well I ain't going to say it's cool because I don't pref- I wouldn't want my son to be that. Mm-hmm. But if he is, I would accept that. But I would want him to tell me early so I can kind of give him the game of some of the knowledge that I know about what he's about to entail. It's kind of like when he's finding out he's black, you got to sit down and have that conversation with him about how people are going to view him. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to have that conversation before anybody else comes at him so I can build up his mental capacity and his strength mm-hmm. to be able to deal with these things. The same conversation I would have with him, it would be different, but as if, if my black son came in and said, I want to be with a white woman. There's a there's a story that a as a talking to that we need to have Mm -hmm. there's a talking to when he comes into his manhood about being a black man what he's going to deal with there's a talking to that he needs to have when it comes into a situation of saying he wants to be with a man but I'm not going to and then the thing I tell people all the time if people I think being gay sometimes for some people is a lifestyle it's a choice and then Mm -hmm. some people were truly born that way I truly believe that mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist, so I can't get into the uh, scientific, you know, explanations of why this and that. I don't want to do scientific shit. The, the, the point blank period question is, is if you have a kid that doesn't grow up to be what you want them to be, mm-hmm. how would you treat them? And the answer should be for everybody. You wouldn't treat them any different exactly because you should allow your kids to have their own way, make their own lane. Mm-hmm. I'm so gl- I've told a story on the podcast before. I'm so glad. Love you, mama, that you didn't name me junior. My dad wanted me to be junior, and he's a deadbeat mm-hmm. and never been around. Mm-hmm. Thank God for not naming me junior. Yeah. Not, thank God for allowing me to make a name for myself. And, and I just told be, you, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, even beyond that, like with the whole gay thing or whatever, your kids are always going to be different in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Like even with my kids, like I said, it was difficult for me at first because I always wanted a little girl. I yeah. just knew this girl was going to be like a mini version of me. Yeah. And here comes my daughter and absolute tomboy. <laughs> totally different. But I still love her just the same. the same. And she knows that I'm here for her. If she ever needs something, she wants to talk about something. And if and when she does decide to want to go shopping for dresses or want to go to the nail you shop, beat her. I'm right here for it. And I get out there and do tomboy stuff that I never thought I would do. 
just because that's my child. And that's the way it should be, man. I think a lot of times somebody said this best. I think it's two things that we have to do or start trying to implement. It's more than two things, but these are the two things on the top of my head. I think we need to start accepting our kids for who they are mm-hmm. and allowing them to have open minds. That's one thing I respect about white people. They do allow their kids to travel at a young age, be open minded and try different things. Mm-hmm. If that's if, if they don't say you're going to play basketball or football because you got to make it big, mm-hmm. whatever that person wants to do, they allow them and to do it. That's a lot of pressure to put it on is. kids. Like I, even with my son participating in um, sports and stuff, you'll see the parents like really banking on that. I forgot the second thing, but as you talk, I'll see if I can remember. No, go ahead. (laughs) But really banking on their kid being their ticket out. And like I said, I just never believed in that. And my son, he likes to play basketball. He's very good. But he also wants to be a robotics engineer. Yeah. Best believe I'm pushing both of them. Yeah. Like, whatever you want to do, I'm We here. can do it. Yeah. But I think we got to do that, man. We got to allow... Our, oh, that was the other thing. I think it was uh, DJ Cherry from our episode. Um, she didn't say it on that episode, but I, I, on social media, mm-hmm. she said this other day. And she was like, so many parents kick their kids out at 18. Mm-hmm. Or they say... And black, kids do, black parents do this. You got to be gone by 18. You got to be gone by 21. A lot of times, and it's like, they're not even prepared. No. That's why so many times black kids or black, you know, young adults, they leave home only to come back mm-hmm. because they're not really well equipped. And in middle school and in high school, they're not teaching them about the world. Mm-hmm. It's our job as parents and our jobs as a black community to teach our kids and to teach kids without parents what to expect in the real world. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to get all that from uh, from the womb to 18 mm-hmm. because from the womb to like eight they're learning about blocks and yeah. colors and shit. And then from like There's a whole nother growth yeah, spurt. Exactly. And then it's like from ten to fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, you start learning sports, you start liking girls, you start liking boys, you start mm-hmm. figuring out colors you that you like. You just have the basics. Exactly. And then basics. in high school they're teaching you about government and economics. So you're learning the system at a lower level mm-hmm. and not an honest level because exactly. they still teaching bullshit like Thanksgiving and fucking pilgrims and Indians and bullshit. <laughs> and that shit is fucking false. Mm-hmm. So 18 to 25, Mm -hmm. that's the nourishing period. That's when you really start coming into adulthood. Mm-hmm. You can't. You're that's, able to have those real conversations. Yes, that's why so many of us go out at after college or during college, we get these credit cards because. And sometimes it's not even our parents' fault because nobody fucking taught them. Mm-hmm. But the buck has to stop here. Mm-hmm. It has to stop now. That's the name of the podcast. The buck stops now. Good. That's I think what we got. What three, three top different titles to choose from? I'm writing it down. The bucks. Stop now. So, but for real though, we do have to do better at how we're raising our kids and what we're passing along and what we're teaching these mm-hmm. kids. So, I mean, that's really all I got to say at this point in time, man. You got anything else to say? I'm good. Man, I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this. I think on Tuesday I'll be interviewing the homie Dwayne Whitfield, man. He's mm-hmm. been trying to get on the podcast for a minute. Oh, DJ Cherry will be back. Yeah, DJ Cherry will be back. Uh, we working on a lot of shit, man. We working on some new interviews for 2018. Uh, we mixing it up. Um, like I told you guys before, we're doing some rebranding and branding. Uh, we're pulling in different podcasts. Shout out to Sports Life Talk with KT and Surge. Mm-hmm. They shit starting to drop. They'll probably be really in full-fledged in January. Uh, we got a couple other podcasts that we're working on now. They're already under the Roberts Media Group label. We're just working on things to push them out. We're not saying any names, but motherfuckers, when we do, this shit gonna be live. 
that's all I can say. Be sure to keep up with all things The Reality Is by going to www.therealityis.com. That's T-H-A. Also follow us at The Reality Is on Twitter, Instagram, Anchor, Facebook. You can also listen to previous podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Player.fm, Listen Notes, and more. If you would like to be a guest on the show or you would like for us to answer one of your questions from our perspective, be sure to email us at info at the reality is or call us and leave us a message at 469-351-9681 and we will be sure to answer the questions on the uh, upcoming shows i now i'm bigger than kevin gates i have three phones not two phones and i have one of them is fucked up and so it, it, doesn't count. it doesn't even count and the other one i can't check the messages and i like i told you guys last time i'm sure you guys have seen them the okay that's good so that phone is not down okay and as you and like i tell people all the time as you on social media if you look at like the instagram stories i put out there i think it was today or yesterday i was like i got all this technology and this shit doesn't even work consistently Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous last but not least man be sure to leave us a rating or review on whatever platform you listen to us on we don't care if it's a good review we don't care if it's a bad review we just want to hear from you i also want to say you can reach me on instagram at sir robert poe um on anthony robertson facebook man i look forward to meeting some of you guys i look forward to doing more podcasts with some of the people in the city of dallas um i'm just gonna say this for podcasts who are up and coming do your research Mm-hmm. If you come out, man, be you, do your research. Don't try to be like anybody else. Don't copycat, don't bite. Be authentic. Authenticity sells. And make sure you are walking what you talk. That is very true. Be who the fuck you are. Be who you are. Good luck with all your podcasts. Uh, also, I want to give out, because uh, I met these people at a uh, Talking 30 Live show. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Millennial Love for winning their uh, Cosign Award. That you know that I congratulate you guys on that. I am not an award show person. If you guys heard me talk on the podcast, I don't do shit for accolades. I do it because I love it. But I do want to give shout, uh, shouts out to people like that and Talking Greasy who are nominated for the for these things. But one thing I always tell anybody: do that shit for the love. Because at some point, the same way that people champion you, mm-hmm. it's gonna be motherfuckers hating on you at some point. And you got to be able to take that hate with that love. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of motherfucking hate over here, and mm-hmm. I fucking not love even it. Just the hate. I love it. I love the hate more than the love because the hate lets me know something's right. Okay. If you getting too much motherfucking love, that means you ain't got you, you. That means it's probably everybody in your motherfucking circle that's talking mm-hmm. about you. Fuck the circle. What are the outside world saying about you? Mm-hmm. If they ain't debating on what you saying, small potatoes. <laughs> and a little tight. What uh, Uncle Phil said. <laughs> For that Thanksgiving episode on yes. Fresh Prince, he talked about some uh, tiny onions swimming around in a sea of gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember the inhale curse to excel success, man. We about to get out of this bitch, Artezi. I appreciate you for coming through again, Anthony. I appreciate you for coming through again. Hey, ain't no problem, brother. And we'll okay. see y'all on next week. <laughs> My God, I'm gone. <laughs>
Had to go Tommy on him. You do dirt, you get dirt. That's how germs spread. Squash the beef with a funeral. It's confirmed dead. See, it's never about the money because I burn bread. It's the principalities like Big Worm said. Back to the wall, your man was on the Wizards. I weathered the storm while standing in a blizzard. Handling your business almost landed me in prison. So I had to cut you off, but you handed me the scissors. See, after I lost you, I must have found me. Niggas wasn't with me, they was just around me. Gotta know the rules in the streets you playing. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Whoa, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple, the mattress that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through, so you sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply.